0: hello folks how you going look it's me again I'm I'm happy I'm happy to say that I've created for myself really because hey I'm here being as honest as I can about my situation so that someone out there hopefully can benefit from the from the the accidental wisdom that comes about as I process life oh I like that that wasn't bad was it accidental wisdom. But my point is that I must thank you for creating the opportunity for me to, to say it because it, it, it benefits me greatly and this is my point for today is like how do you deal with the stress? How do you deal with outside sources causing you stress? Ooh, interesting question, Adam, and something that affects all of us and it doesn't matter wh- where you are, what you're doing. Standing in the queue at the shopping sh- supermarket. At the shopping market. You know what I mean? Yes, that's right. Look, other people have th- things they must achieve in the course of a day. This is the first thing to remember, that we are all outcome driven. Strangely enough, we are. Even when we're not outcome focused, we are still driven by the fact that we should be. See what I mean? Indirectly, or otherwise, we are always playing the game according to some sort of perceived outcome for ourselves or for others, or for the world, whatever it might be. That's the first thing to keep in mind, that other people, they're going to come in and they're going to mess around and play about with your sense of equilibrium and this is a conversation that i will as you are aware may or may not be aware i'm creating these podcasts in preparation for the conversations that i must have with my darling little daughter who's only just gone six weeks six weeks old yesterday dad daughter conversations the dad talk this one's about dealing with others dealing with a world full of other people with their own agendas and desires and ambitions and purposes and how they can interfere with you sometimes for very good reason because you need to pull up your socks and maybe you need to do something to and they're there to sort of say hey you come on now how do you deal with how do you deal with that situation How do you deal with the truth as it may be presented to you and say to yourself, be big enough to say, yeah, fair enough, point taken. I like it. I'm a better person for knowing it. And on the other hand, how do you deal with those people who are just in your face because of some other issue that they're they're battling with? It's got nothing to do with you. How do you deal with those people? Well, of course, it's a very complicated question because it all depends on the situation. It's all about context. That's one thing you'll find with anything in life. Understand the context. But there is one or two guiding principles that you can follow your life, help you lead your way through the contentious moments in life where confrontation is imminent. Sometimes a little bit of pushback is necessary, but control the manner in which you do it. Why? Because, hey, you've got to pick your fights. That's my first point. Pick your fights. If you're getting a bit of blood boil and you think to yourself, I'm going to say something to this person, I'm going to have a go. Un- uh, ask yourself, is this a fight that I want to devote energy to? Is it really? because it's going to take something out of you it's true it is even if you've got to sit there and you've got to process the words and look we all love a good debate but we don't want it to be purposeless essentially and no debate structured debate is purposeless is without purpose is purposeless a word? I'm sure it is Anyway, the reason why that is is because at the the end of the day, any point of contention, any argument is sophistic in nature. Whoa, Adam, stop it. Slow down, mate. What the hell are you talking about? It's a good question. Glad you asked it. Sophistic in nature. It exists. Every confrontation, every argument unpacked, analysed or otherwise, exists in the first instance to demonstrate the nature of how it is we as humans engage in argument, engage in the act of arguing. Interesting, isn't it? So not only can a point be made, not only can the contention be contended, it also can be looked at and analysed and understood in terms of how it was addressed by the the members of the different opposing Competing parties. Mm. And there's a lot of talk about that these days because it's been very easy of late to call everyone a liar. It's a lie. It's a lie. Mm -hmm. There is tolerance for people who believe the world is flat there's tolerance for people who believe man has, didn't go to the moon. Neil Armstrong did not walk on the moon. There's tolerance for these attitudes. Why? Because it's not immediately provable. It's not immediately able to be substantiated to satisfy in con- consistent with the type of at-hand new type at-hand style of delivery that we receive news these days. So without anything that's is instantly substantiated, able to be supported it appears to be suspicious we have this why that's why we have people who are t- attempting to revise history to go back and say oh maybe it didn't quite happen like that what if it sort of happened like this it beca- it ends up becoming plausible because it's not instantly able to be disproven necessarily And wherever, it seems to me, there is grounds for there to be any suspicion about any dimension of a point of fact, any dimension of it, people are very quickly, very able to, in their own minds, I suppose we are talking about delusion, really. I know it's a big word, I know it's a strong word, but we are talking about that. People are able to undermine the credibility of whole areas of knowledge and understanding scientific or otherwise just because there seems appears to be one grain of inconsistency well of course there's inconsistencies there's confusion surrounding pretty much everything these days at some, some level no one can say that water actually exists in three states only because we start looking at what happens at a quantum level well, nothing is stable and able to be interpreted in terms of a, cl- a clear set of states. We start understanding exactly how what happens at a quantum level and begin to manipulate those things. We may find that matter exists in multiple states, dimensions even. And limited a limitless number of dimensions. Oh, hello, here we go. Anyway, my point is this. My point is this. That the variables at play in a person's mind, in a person's head, will allow for a number of interpretations in terms of why they are choosing to pick a fight with you. Why are you at the centre of their concern? And as I said before, it could be for valid reasons or it could be because mm, maybe there's something else. Maybe they feel bad or awkward or unsure or fearful of something else, not necessarily associated to you. Mm, It's a difficult thing to manage. So in the first instance, you must always ask yourself, as I said, is this a fight I want to devote energy to? Pick your fights. Pick your fights. Well, what's the criteria for picking a good fight? Okay. Outcome. Think in terms of outcome. Is that person I'm engaging going to be learn something? Am I going to learn anything about me? As I've already stated, you will always learn how it is that you operate under stress in, uh, in conflict. That's one thing you can always take the opportunity to learn. It doesn't mean you have to enter into every single conflict that's presented before you because a number of many conflicts are extremely time-consuming and there's probably other things you want to do with your life. It's a good point, well made. Consider it carefully. Pick your fight based on the criteria. What is it? Are you going to benefit in some tangible way as a result of engaging in this conflict? Is it going to afford you more time somewhere down the tr- track? Is it going to enable some uh, privilege upon which you feel justified to experience? About which you feel justified? Oh, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Measure in terms of out- intangible out- tangible outcomes. All right, very good. The other criteria that you need to think about before you say, is this fight worth my while? What is the benefit for others, including the person that you are in conflict with? Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to enter into a conflict with the understanding that you would change this person's perspective. You will change their mind. Don't ever try to do that. If a person's fixated on a point of view, and it's very clear, very quickly, that they are... Immovable they are of a fixed opinion don't continue to engage them with a sense of well I will change your mind mind because they're not going to happen. people do not change their minds they don't because that's why it's called mind because it sounds very much like mine, mine mind I think that's actually to. Words that shakes people together for something, mind, mind. Was that in a Midsummer Night's Dream? I think it might have been in a Midsummer Night's Dream. I'll leave that to someone else to investigate. People are fixated on things. Well, what then are you going to, how is it that you are going to then make the decision, well, I'll engage in this discussion, this conflict anyway? Mm. Difficult. I suggest that you instantly will have to put yourself into the role of the listener and that is what you will be hopefully teaching so to speak the person in which you are uh, person to which you are talking you will model listening so this is how listening is done and you accept their point of view and as quickly as possible you move on accepting that you may have to agree to disagree. Nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. You, for instance, you may be the person who is fixated on your point of view and unable to move in terms of accommodating other perspectives. Look, hey, if someone chooses to passive response, which is what I'm suggesting, there's a chance for you to accept that and understand that you are not necessarily going to learn or acquire anything, or as a result, achieve anything with the continuance of this discussion. So, accept that you must agree to disagree. And that's the other part, of it too. You know. Always be ready to not win, but not to necessarily lose. If you focus on winning and losing in any conflict, then you're really closing the door to opportunity. Now, opportunity is dangerous because you risk accepting loss. If you see any confrontation as being an opportunity, unconditional opportunity, then you risk accepting loss. Mm, It's not easy for a lot of people to do that. But the thing is the trick of it is that if you accept the this argument discussion conflict is presenting opportunities then you actually create more opportunities to discover points that strengthen your argument that's what i said by exposing yourself to just a little bit of risk hey i may have to accept loss in this Situation, you end up creating opportunities to substantiate your point of view. If you come into an argument with a fixed idea about what it is you want to say and an understanding that everything the other person is going to say is wrong, then you fail you miss the, you're missing the opportunity for them to expose some avenue which you can explore in an attempt to undermine their position. Of course, you have to accept that the other thing might, might work the other way, where you leave yourself open for someone else to come in and say, hey, mate, interesting point of view, but did you think about X, Y, and Z? All right, if that happens and you appear to be shot out of the water, and I'm speaking in very general terms here. You're going to have to go away and apply this to to some real-world experience. I'm sure we've all had conflict in our lives. So, anyway, those of you who are particularly interested, I'm sure you'll manage to do that. But anyway, the point is this, that if for whatever reason you appear to be losing the battle and you have opened yourself up to accepting the other person's understanding of something or at least genuinely seeing it from their perspective and as a consequence, oops, you're wrong. You are wrong, ally. This is the next point you need to understand. There's no such thing as wrong. There's never any such thing as wrong. There's only ever different. You can accept... Different perspective. Absolutely. And the reason why you need to look at it that way is because wrong suggests that your model of understanding something is fixed and is universal. Now there's obviously some fundamental truths, laws of the universe or what have you, that we do accept as universal. But the point is that if you accept somebody else's point of view. And you understand it, so obviously you've gone through the process of saying, well, hey, this person might be right. If you have gone through that process and you buy in or you ad- you adopt the point of view, it instantly becomes unique to you. It becomes unique to you. It is a new perspective <laughs> that can only exist as a consequence of you, your attitudes, your experiences, your values, your viewpoint, even though probably at some fundamental level you have said to yourself, okay, yeah, I was wrong. As soon as you start talking about, to yourself about, well, okay, well, what is right then, what is correct, you instantly start to change whatever it is that you're choosing to adopt, whatever new position you're choosing to adopt. You immediately start to change that into something that's unique to you. So all you're really doing is just engineering a new viewpoint, which might form the basis of a whole new type of argument. But understand that there's no such thing as losing. There's only the acquisition of a new viewpoint that is wholly unique to you. (sighs) Jeepers, creepers. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I hope it did. I'm going to have to listen to that one again myself because I said some things there. I think I actually said some things that I can make use of for myself. Which, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, folks, is part of the reason why I'm doing it. And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. See you next time.